0: First off, um, although you've been releasing music under the Swayze name for quite some time now, um, Cage marks the first time you've ever put out like a full-fledged project. Uh, So I was wondering, was uh, was there anything that made you like hesitant to drop a project at all up until this point? And if so, like what made you decide to sort of change that?
1: I'm still really like not a big like project person. In terms of like growth, I definitely feel like it's easier to just grow single after single after single after single. The only thing that like I feel like a project is like really good for is satisfaction as an artist in my life there never really felt like there was like a point of anything I needed to like get off my chest for a while I just felt like I could express it well enough throughout like just singles all the time and I didn't really have like a way to encapsulate it in a project but obviously like my life made a few dramatic turns and then I felt like more of the need to do that. Austin was super willing to help up until like the end. There was no like, Oh, we're making this song for the project. It was just Austin, like sending me a loop or a beat or something and being like, yo, you would sound good on this. And then I would try something and by the end of it, it just worked out to make like a pretty cohesive project for real.
0: You touched on the fact that you worked with Austin on it um, quite, uh, quite a bit. And he executively produced the album, correct? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And so Cage continues your trend with working with him quite a bit. And um, considering you two have worked together on everything from some of your earliest music up to a trap metal song about fucking apples and bananas, I think it's safe to say y'all have a pretty good work uh, relationship going. And I feel like your guys' dynamic is something a lot of people strive for or like, like want to obtain of like someone they can just like throw shit at and like bounce ideas off of constantly and just get new ideas back. So I'm wondering like what advice would you give to someone who's looking to like maybe find like the Austin of their life?
1: let that shit happen naturally it's definitely like a spur of the moment thing with me and austin because we have like very odd like irl connections that we didn't know about at first like when i first saw him i think it was in like a hive mind live stream chat and i was like wait i know this name and so i dm'd him on instagram bro don't we have like the same like mutual friends like in real life one day he just like told me to come to the overcast discord we never even really like talked about making music for like a while. I like I would just sit there and watch Austin make something or Austin would be like, "Have you heard of this?" and I was and I was like so like relatively new to like the scene, especially like all the like people that like I like know and I'm like friends with now. Most of them I can trace back to Austin showing me a song. It definitely just happened naturally. It's not like something that like me and Austin were like, "We need to make music together." Like it just kind of happened and it like worked out that way. The one piece of advice I can say is just like, I don't know, don't force it you'll find that person eventually.
0: Seeing how close you and Austin are is pretty inspiring because I feel like every time you put an FL user and an Ableton user into a room together (laughs) I feel like it's just it's just like a matter of time until they start debating over which is the better DAW and of course we've both heard Austin's debate for it a plenty of time so I'm wondering like are you of the opinion that Ableton is the best DAW or do you all just see them as different tools to get the same job done?
1: Obviously I prefer Ableton I use Ableton so I'm going to prefer Ableton but like there's nothing wrong with any other DAW. I do feel like people that started off using FL are more likely to like remain using FL forever. FL Studio is kind of like a doll to itself like it's very different layout from like almost every other DAW. It makes things a lot like easier because everything's right in front of your face. Once you're used to that workflow it's kind of hard to break out of it but it is a really good workflow. There's certain things that you can do in FL that just are so much easier in FL than they will ever be in Ableton. Like, if I could have Ableton with FL Studio piano roll, I would be that would be my doll of choice forever. Another
0: point is uh, a while back, uh, you tweeted about how if you had a documentary, it would be maniacally hard to follow. Someone, you could uh, to make these future screenwriters' jobs a little bit easier, could you walk us through some of the craziest bits of Swayze lore?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the first thing that comes to my like mind is like getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: what you referred to in that thread. Yeah, to
1: make a long story short. Like, if I just didn't take a nap and, like, just left, I wouldn't have got shot. But, like, I decided to, like, stay at my ho- my dumbass homie's house. And he decided to point a gun at me and, like, shoot me. Bro, that shit was crazy because we're, like, in a room size of, like, a queen bed. Like, it's a small-ass room. He's on his little, like, twin bed and I'm on, like, the floor. He shoots me and then, like, our ears are ringing because it's this tiny-ass room. And I'm like, bro, did you just shoot me? And he's like, I don't know. The gun went off, bro. And I'm like, bro, you shot me. He's like well did you get hit and i'm like looking around to like make sure like i didn't feel any sense of like lightheadedness because that was like the big scare is that bro just shot me in the head because that shit was pointed at my head like that shit was pointed at my face and so like i'm looking around like checking myself and then i see my hand i'm like looking in the middle of my hand and i see this like little trail of blood in those three seconds or like three milliseconds i had like three thoughts run through my head the first thought is like Holy shit, bro! I just got shot. Second thought is like, all right, it's in your hand. You're not gonna die. So w, you're not gonna die. You're not about to bleed out in the homie floor. W. And then third was holy fuck, this is about to hurt, and then just instant pain from there. But like, yeah, that's probably the craziest bit of lore about me.
0: Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I've always, I've always wondered because like, you've, you've described the fact that you've gotten shot before, but then it's just sort of like a matter of fact thing. I've never heard the actual story for it before.
1: Another crazy part is the fact that I didn't do shit about it for like six months i remember i hit up my homie ryan at the time and he was like what's up dude i'm like bro i need your help i pulled up to his house he like ace bandaged me up and like made sure the wound was clean that was pretty much all i did for it for like six months because i didn't want to go to a hospital because i didn't want a police report to get written right so i ended up going to a hospital in east st louis with my mom i told the hospital that i shot myself with a nail gun on accident and then they x-rayed my hand and they're like that's not a nail (laughs) I was like big ass nail I was like well what was it they're like that's a 22 bullet and I was like all right can we get it out they're like not with doing invasive like nerve damage to your hand months later I had a panic attack (laughs) they put me through a cat scan and I was like yo uh there's like lead in my hand that's not gonna like ruin anything right that's not gonna like Cause I know like cat scan is just a giant magnet. Is my hand going like, <laughs> to, or is like the bullet going to rip out of my hand and go like, like what's going to happen? And they were like, nah, you'll be fine. It's not enough lead. Also, like they gave me something that told me like, I'm like immune to the amount of lead in my body. So like, there's no chance of me getting like gangrene or anything. So like, that's
0: W. w. Shit, yeah, So it's still in your hand to this day.
1: Yeah. There's still a tiny piece of it.
0: It's better in person. Cause you can
1: like, if I clench my fist, you can feel it. It's like a little BB, damn near.
0: Jesus, wow, fuck. Okay, well, yeah, that's definitely a fucking crazy piece of lore. I don't feel like many other people would be able to top that. With Cage, you touch on the fact that basically you didn't really feel like there were any different other periods of, of your life where you felt like a project wasn't really necessary for your own satisfaction. So I'm wondering, like, were you shooting for it to be five track long, five tracks long from the beginning? And if so, like, when did you decide that it was going to be finished?
1: Well, I knew it was going to come out June third that was certain it was going to come out on june 3rd whether it was a tuesday a sunday or anything because like that date held significant meaning to the project it was my mom's birthday obviously the project is like really centered around me dealing with like my mom's passing with that being said obviously there was a ton like a tracks that were made in that like light of like this could be for the project i have like a project file that is just like my vault with like all my music or like at least all the music that I could remember because I'd be forgetting songs that became so apparent whenever we were looking through all the songs because I played this one song and me and Austin were like dude this is crazy and I was like I just don't remember making this song like, <laughs> like I just don't remember making it whatsoever there was never really a, sol- a select amount of like oh it needs to be five songs it needs to be this I just wanted it to all be coherent I gotta say like melody wise like Austin definitely like carried the project everything besides lost it all and like this world has an Austin melody in it. Crazy thing about the first song Fly Like a Bird Hang by a Rope is like the loop. Anyone can use that loop. It's in the Austin melody pack and I just pitched it down. But when Austin was making that melody pack, he showed me that loop and I was like, bro, I'm gonna use this loop like in this project. To fill out the project, I kind of was like, I kind of want there to be like progressive differences in the sound. Like I want there to be like a song that's relatively just entirely chill. And then I want there to be a song that's relatively just aggressive as fuck. And I want that to be the last song. And that's how like this world came about. I don't even know how I made the guitar on this world. I have a bad habit of, like, forgetting things I do, and I don't remember what I did. I know the guitar loop is made in contact. I don't know what I did, bro. <laughs> it came out fire, though. I would make way more producer breakdowns for songs if I genuinely knew how I got to the end.
0: And while I was listening to Cage for the first time, I was just imagining how fucking insane it would go live. Like, I mean, I- I've talked to you before about how much I love like the kicks on Let Me Out. I feel like that would cause a room to fucking convulse. So I'm wondering, like, what are your thoughts on the idea of performing live? Do you have sort of any anxiety? Are you excited about it? Dog,
1: No, I have, like, literally no anxiety about it whatsoever. Like, I was kind of raised into, like, a performance mindset like I remember like being a little kid like falling asleep at my mom's band practices like all the time and like my mom always performed as like a stage presence the only image in my head is like my mom I can just remember it so vivid in my head and like I just know those memories and those feelings like will like shine out the reason I have no anxiety is because I just know that like if the right show were to come about it would be the best show ever because I'm not gonna let there be anything less than that.
0: Next, uh considering you, uh, considering I, and a lot of our friend group discovered you originally through a lot of music that is no longer on distribution platforms. I'm wondering, how do you look back on like um, some of your earlier music, maybe going back as far as like the Weaselcore era?
1: I have like a weird disdain for the sound now. I think I just like grew out of it. I do miss the nature of like making that type of music because I really just didn't give a fuck, bro. Like I didn't know, sh- I didn't know nearly as much as I know now. Everything was just like throwing shit at the wall. I'd hoping it would stick i didn't expect people to think it was that good for real like it is crazy that that was like my introduction to like it, like the scene like that's how people like knew me at first the goofy ass fucking weasel course out and the four bit shifted vocals and like all of that
0: beyond just music uh some people may know you for championing the tony hawks underground revival movement that's sprung up in the past couple years Uh, through stuff like playing the game as Umru for his GoopFest set visuals. Uh, So I'm wondering, like, are there any other games from that era or maybe up until like the Xbox 360 PS3 generation that you think also deserve a second lease on life? My
1: favorite video game of all time is the first Bioshock and it's the best single player campaign ever. Mm -hmm. Won't take it back for nothing i don't give a fuck about the last of us i don't give a fuck <laughs> about none of this new shit coming out bro uncharted fuck that bro <laughs> bioshock was so good and they're supposed to make it a movie they've been supposed to make it a movie for so long it was supposed to be some like big like warner bros production at first but now it's like been sold to like Bloomhouse or something so like maybe it'll be like some like cheap haunted type like deal i really want them to make a movie out of that like because that story of that game is like so good like all the the side characters and everything is so good but also uh i'm mad that nobody wants to play me in, in thug pro yeah it's crazy enough the first time i ever interacted with NCO was through a game of thug pro like I you just, bumped like, into him well i was like looking through the lobbies i saw NCO, and i was like there ain't no way this is like the NCO from like the scene right <laughs> and then i went to like check their twitter and they were like who wants to play thug pro and like i played pro it's you know probably months before i ever talked to
0: him you've also been a pretty uh, big proponent of like the plutonium sort of revolution of like doing black ops zombies and stuff like that or any other are there any like oh man Black Ops Zombies games that you think uh, deserve more love? Well,
1: you can't play BO3 on Plutonium. Mm. BO3 makes too much money, so if they put BO3 on Plutonium, Plutonium would get shut down. Call of Duty Zombies is my thing, man. Like, that's that's what I, if I had a good computer, I would probably play Black Ops 3 solely, just all day, (laughs) every day. Back on console, like, right when Activision started, like, incorporating, like, really intense microtransactions.
0: Yeah, no, they fucked Black Ops 3 up, yeah.
1: I definitely spent probably, like, a good, like, three racks, on oh, black ops 3. <laughs> like, 3 3 yeah probably Rex.
0: holy on like skins or
1: on like gobble gums <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> which are like modifiers for your zombies match essentially it was basically just a like, way to gamble in a video game you'd be able to buy like a hundred diviniums at a time for like a hundred dollars and I can at least remember doing that like 20, 30 times so like <laughs> that's like that's like a good three thousand dollars isn't it
0: a while back you tweeted "Um, I have come to the conclusion that what sounds good to me is slightly too loud for the masses which is a pretty funny way of putting that Um, but that is a genuine concern that a lot of people have like of, of like oh shit is like my mixing like too abrasive for like the general person uh, so I'm wondering like do you often find yourself like dialing that back a bit on the stuff you put on main or is it more so just like whatever sounds good to you just put it out?
1: I definitely do feel that what I enjoy is a little too loud for everyone else but hey listen to it on Spotify then you know it's making me money and they level it out for you anyway you know let's go. SoundCloud will compress the hell of it but I ain't gonna lie sometimes that SoundCloud compression <laughs> be hitting
0: different people shit on it it's like oh it's not how it like supposed is like supposed to truly sound it's like yeah I get it and it's not what the artist intended but it hits like sometimes it makes it sound so crunchy and good when the twitter snippet is like compressed to
1: hell and like crushed as fuck that's what it always hits the hardest because you can't tell what's going on but you're like damn this shit is crazy And then it gets all clean and you're like nah <laughs> man i wanted it to sound dirty as hell. i
0: remember i remember one time um i edited like a like a little snippet video for you and then i think i sent it to you on like messages or something and it got like fucked like the audio and like the video it got like <laughs> 144p because i have an android you have an iphone and it got and you're like, wait, that kind of looks sick. (laughs) No, yeah, it was like one
1: of the caged promos, you were like, dog, this is dope, but like, this is what I'm looking at right now. And it was like so distorted and gross.
0: (laughs) On the topic of appealing to a wide market, uh, in the past year, you've gotten all three of like the sort of like holy trinity of things that people in the scene generally shoot for being, getting an article from Lyrical Lemonade and then getting playlists on both Digicore and Hyperpop. Uh, So I'm wondering, like, have you noticed a significant change in how people either talk to you or sort of respond to you or like treat you in general as a result of those things, or is it all just like Sort of the same, but with a few extra trophies.
1: Hmm. That's a tough one because I don't really know. Like, I I feel like I I stay somewhat small circle relatively. And like, of course, like whenever you get those milestones, everyone is like super excited for you. But I don't think there's any expectation and there's no like people look at me any different. I do feel like more people are open to like work on music. They may have been open to work on it the whole time. And I just never said anything. You know what I mean? Funniest thing about the Lyrical Lemonade article in specific is I remember I was in V we were playing like crab game niz said something about me getting the lyrical lemonade article and i just didn't respond at all because i thought bro was like capping and, like, <laughs> try and kill me in crab game and he was like bro i would never lie about that like go pete that was so crazy to me i really gotta thank billy for that i didn't even know that billy knew my music and then i look and there's a whole fucking lyrical lemonade article written by them
0: she was like joking around like, yes, that's Swayze with an asterisk and like all that shit. Like she was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was super cool. On the topic of streaming services, uh, recently we've seen a lot of discussion about how despite all the various different features and amazing, like awesome things that uh, SoundCloud has done over the years, it still lacks something as crucial and basic as dual factor authentication. Um, 2FA. Yeah. So in the spirit of constructive criticism, are there any other areas that you think Spot- or SoundCloud could be doing better in?
1: Stop the pointless ui changes every 3 months <laughs> i do think that they need to step up in one aspect see there's these blue check marks that they give out <laughs> to people every so often i've been on the platform for 6 <laughs> plus years all right and i'm finally gr- g- like gaining traction now like y'all see it y'all like come on now the least y'all could do is give me this blue check mark it literally don't even do nothing bro the s- soundcloud blue check mark is is nothing it's just nothing it's a sign of like relevance if anything mm-hmm. and even then like a fake PewDiePie account can get verified but not me like what is this bro what is going on
0: <laughs> one of the things that's pissed me off especially is like the, the bullshit of like people stealing a song And somehow copywriting it and then striking the original off the platform. It's like like a home switcher isn't on SoundCloud anymore.
1: I remember Billy saying something about that a while ago Mm -hmm. and like how ridiculously hard it is for them to fix. Like on a serious note, that is ridiculous that someone can just steal a fucking song. It happens so quickly to where we hear it and we're like... Wait, that's that song. But, like, imagine if people start doing that years down the line. People are going to forget things, especially with a song not as prolific as Home Switcher. Like, people could just steal a song and eat off of it, damn near. You know what Mm. I mean? I mean, it's hard to eat off of SoundCloud alone in general, but, like, they're making money off other people's crap.
0: That's bullshit. We've seen a lot of discussion about the rate at which collectives pop up on the platform. No thanks to your tweet about fucking Krusty Krab too. Uh, but a lot of people think, <laughs> but a lot of people think there's too many being created. Um, but a lot others argue that they're a pretty important part of the community and a fun way for friends to collaborate with others. So I'm wondering, like, where do you fall on that spectrum? I just feel like they shouldn't get as much hate for
1: their Twitter antics you know every time a collective comes about there's always gonna be some crap on twitter you know because they're trying to put themselves out there and i feel like people just get way too pissed off about it you know like these people are just trying to like make a little name for themselves like obviously it's gonna be annoying at first but like it's gonna always be annoying if you don't give people a shot you know what i mean i get the idea of oh there's too many collectives i don't like it when people just hate on specific collectives especially when the reasons aren't valid like people are just hating because oh this is annoying this is that i don't like this it's like well then keep it pushing bro like these people are trying to do what they want to do go focus on what you want to do stop like focusing on Someone making something you don't like, like it's weird to be. I've always
0: been sort of like frustrated with like people shitting on like just like a bunch of like like what at the end of the day are a bunch of kids like fucking playing around like basically it's like these kids grew up in a time where they don't have like a lunch table to fuck around at so they're doing it on Twitter and it's like yeah okay yeah it's it's annoying similar to the way that like a bunch of middle schoolers fucking around at a lunch table if you were forced to be around them constantly would be annoying, but it's not the end of the world. I don't understand why people are like going out of their way to like shit on them constantly.
1: If you like are genuinely annoyed by it and then you start tweeting about it yourself you just added to it bro you just gave them relevance by doing that so like if you genuinely don't like something bro just mute it and keep it pushing bro there's no reason
0: to be pissed off going back to the lunch table like idea it's like oh okay well, a bunch of middle scores are being annoying and you tell them to fuck off what are they gonna do what are they gonna do yeah, exactly, what are they gonna do bro, it's gonna be more annoying i'm gonna do the
1: same shit i'm 22 years old <laughs> call me annoying i'm gonna be annoying as fuck at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So
0: clearly some things never change. And then, uh, something I've always m- admired about you is your versatility. Like I'm pretty sure like plenty of people know you for like the more like electronic influenced, uh, direction you typically takes uh, your stuff on main. Uh, but something not everybody may-, may know about you is that you've hit everything from like boom bap shit to like borderline Daria core shit over the course of like what you're, you said like six years of making music, right? Yeah, right. So I'm wondering what advice would you give to someone who maybe knows that they're talented and proficient and good at like one specific style of like maybe vocal delivery or producing, but is looking to expand and try something new.
1: Listen to something that you like really like or like really like hear something and be like, damn, I really want to make something like this. Try it because the, the chances of you making something exactly like something are like slim to none. You're never going to make something that sounds Dead ass, exactly like something unless you like literally try to 90 percent of the time if i'm ever directly influenced from something it doesn't come out anything like it like whenever i was making the beat for stop it that beat was inspired by uh anxious by b overworld and nd prod no moo and that song doesn't sound anything like that song at all but like it's hard to just start a beat with no inspiration you know what i mean it's hard to just start a song with no inspiration i don't think it's weird to like listen to something and want to do something like somebody i feel like people get really like gatekeepy about like what you can do and what you can not do what you can take what you can't take the only person that's really there to judge you is you so like just throw it at the wall and hope it sticks for real
0: but uh next i think it's safe to say that you listen to a lot more music than even the average person in this scene uh by, both by virtue of you being so tapped into like news streams but also through your own discovery uh so if you could pick a handful of artists but are listeners onto you right now who'd you pick
1: man lately i've been trying to put people onto to the Eam Triplin agenda. Mm,
0: Yeah, you've been yeah, you've been you've been pushing that, huh?
1: Bro, Eam Triplin is so fire. If you're not hip on Chanel father, Mm. gotta get hip on Chanel Father. But nobody knows this, but even before Austin, Chanel Father was the first person I ever spoke to in the scene. Like we talked before either of us were like even really known in the scene. It's so cool to see how much we've both grown, but especially like I don't really like to be super self reflective. Like I it's super cool to see like where he's gone and like how he can literally just like drop a song that's just like an 808 (laughs) and like him talking his shit (laughs) and it's like the hardest shit to me still like i love chanel father rip tony everything that tony drops instant banger and bro does all the video what's the what's the blender Blender. that's the program yeah he does all the blender shit he does all the tutorials on tiktok bros going crazy reef insane also just anybody like i know austin did this in his interview but just anybody and gore said it's crazy not to, like, handpick people in that collective because everyone in the collective is so fire, but I do want to give, like, respect to, like, Veo Mm -hmm. alone. She didn't have to fucking hop on Bad Habits, bro. Like, that feature, like, means, like, so much to me because, like, you don't realize how much i i fucked with you forever but like like i said earlier in in the interview like pretty much everything can trace back to austin showing me a song i remember austin showing me a certain veo song that i know veo doesn't like at all anymore but like (laughs) that song got me like so like hyped on veo and like the fact that i have a song with them makes me so fucking happy like the fact that they wanted to hop on that like i don't know i love you veo i love you so much for that for real oh shout out bond bond is like also bond you need to make more music bond is like steady sending me beats, steady sending everyone beats, you know, got enough beats for the whole scene, you know, <laughs> someone should buy them from him.
0: You point out like uh, Veo as well, like Veo, it's it's such an interesting thing of, of being like, hearing that, I know the song you're referring to, uh, hearing that song like on some fucking weird Spotify playlist like a year ago, like I remember listening to it at the time, if I could see where I would be in a year, like hanging out with them in person and like meeting them for the first time and like seeing how awesome of a person they are, like that'd be, it's just, it's so weird how like quickly shit can change um off of just like listening to stuff on a Spotify playlist
1: it was crazy meeting them in person mm-hmm. like meeting Veo and Evan who was the producer of said song <laughs> and like just being able to talk to them about it and being like bruh I know you don't like this song anymore but it's so good and then like Evan being like what did we even do to that song? Like, what was the vocal mix thing? And I was like, yeah, what is it? And they were like, oh, it's some like random preset and some weird auto tune. And I'm like, word. And then I tried it and I was like, I oh, yeah I see why y'all don't like it because this is hard as shit to get the sound good
0: and then uh, on a similar note uh, you've collaborated with quite a few people including Veo um, but I can imagine there's still plenty more that you want to work with so if you can name a handful of like dream collaborators who would they be you can maybe like dead or alive
1: really want to work with uh, Tony and I really want to work with Reef and I really want to work with Joey and I've talked about working with them like also like those are all collabs like in the works I've steady pushed for a funeral feature
0: yes yes I need to hear you in funeral yeah I think me
1: and midwest would make a really crazy song together lady gaga would be crazy
0: that would be insane holy fuck would you want to do like production for production for her or like just on like vocals with her
1: no i gotta be on something vocally with her like she's gonna knock me out of the water and whatever (laughs) like so like i don't know maybe i'll hop on the song first and then just let her carry it Mm -hmm. but like no lady gaga lady gaga would be huge that would be a big thing for like me for like and my mom you know if i can like get a song with kanye west and lady gaga on the same song i think at that point i'll have to quit music because (laughs) i I think i'll be like all right what else a last one miley cyrus would be crazy to work with for real
0: what's that what era of miley cyrus talking like wrecking ball or like party in the USA
1: oh man like I take Miley Cyrus in like any era all of all of her music was fire up from like wrecking ball like that era is crazy to me like people think about like Miley Cyrus is like so insane and like she's gone batshit crazy. But, <laughs> she's like, like
0: shaved her head that's it. And like you
1: listen to the interviews from that time like she sounded like so calculated in what she was doing like she was trying to like remove that Disney stamp of approval that PG-13 about her and now you listen to her music like everything beyond that point of her life her music has just been like normal shit that she's always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So like she really had to do that shit. It's kind of a crazy career move to just go insane for a couple years to where Disney's like alright we don't want shit to do with you mm-hmm. and then still be successful Mm -hmm. like that's fucking insane
0: and then uh finally uh you've come a really really long way this year and i'm super excited for what's to come for you in the future uh so with a new project under your belt what are you looking to accomplish before the years through
1: right now i don't know what song to drop i have like 30 (laughs) plus songs that i could drop it you ever just
0: like you were just like put them on like a wall and like throw a dart at it and just like just go off no
1: i should do that that's a good idea i don't know why i don't do that yeah that's a good idea because i genuinely don't know like there'll be points where i'm like man i could drop this song or i could drop this song or i could drop this song and then i'll be like austin bro give me some help and austin will be like yeah that song's fire and i'll put it the next song i'll also be like no that song's fire show austin the next song i'll be like dog just drop one they're all fired i'll be like well damn bro like that's not much help for me like, <laughs> I, needed, I needed there to be one not three like what the hell there'll be multiple songs coming out like prod joe really soon i try to drop one to two songs every month so that'll continue yeah hell yeah that's pretty much it
0: Fuck yeah. Okay. I think that's going to do it in for us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning up today.